0: that your Bibles can turn to Matthew and Ephesians. Matthew and Ephesians, amen. Matthew chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4. Matthew chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4. It's enjoyed tonight already. Uh, I enjoyed uh, uh, Miss Jessica's answering of the question. Uh, I said that in parentheses in my head. Amen. I hope that she forgets... To, uh, to take the burnt peanuts home and they wind up in the office, that would be bad because cause I, I love those. And, and I, I just can't. She offered me a few just now, and I, I told her, like, I can't because if I have just a couple, I'm going to end up being a whole handful. What's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'll be in the hospital. Amen. Amen. Ladies do such a fine job with the thumbnails. Um, uh, I think it's worth noting that Miss Aaron not only spends a lot of time back there, but she's been back there every Sunday, I believe, at 4 o'clock for the last couple, three months or so, yeah. taking the time to learn it uh, <laughs> eagerly, and she's doing a fine job. Uh, we don't take that lightly. We are so thankful. Uh, I know Rachel is very thankful. She, I mean, just, just... For her to be able to sit there in a service and enjoy it is huge for her. And if Rachel's happy, I'm happy. Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. We'll get right in the message. Then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. And any time we see scribes and Pharisees, what do you immediately think of? Oh, the religious legalistic crowd, the judgy crowd, just... That those people, amen. Verse 39, but he answered and said unto them, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it they repented at the preaching of jonas and behold a greater than jonas is here jump to matthew chapter 16 uh, verse 1 while we're there in matthew we'll be in ephesians in a moment but, but matthew chapter 16 verse 1 <laughs> these pharisees they, they just can't leave it alone They're looking for a sign other than Jonah. They want, yeah, 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 I heard you, Jesus, basically, is what they're saying. But we're still looking for a sign. What does Jesus do? He points them back to Jonah. Look at chapter 16, verse 1. The Pharisees also, with the Sadducees, came and tempting, desired him that he would show, show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, when in his evening you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? A wicked, and he's, he's repeating himself now, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. Jesus is pointing them back to Jonah once again. These Pharisees and scribes, they're not going to change their minds. They they have this mindset of we're we're going to trip up Jesus and the prophets every chance that we can get. We're going to look for any fault in him. Uh, We're going to look for a sign. If you're Jesus, prove it. If you're Jesus, prove it. That's what they're doing, following him around. And he keeps pointing to Jonah. Brother Tony, would you pray as we get into this message, brother? Amen. We'll be in Ephesians in a moment. I think I premature said to go there. My apologies. Um, but right now, can we turn to Jonah chapter 1? And, and So in Matthew, who's talking here? Well, the Pharisees, the scribes and Pharisees, the, the legalistic crowd. And Jesus is, is making it real clear. All you need for a sign is a message from Jonah. And what was Jonah's message to Nineveh? <laughs> repent Repent Judgment is coming If you don't repent What, what was the, the message from Jesus uh, re, re, Repent Get rid of the old man you, you need a new birth Repent Judgment is coming If you don't get saved What was the message of John the Baptist Repent Put away your sins Get baptized What was the message of Noah by the way Repent Judgment is coming. Trust in the Lord for salvation. So close to exactly the same thing, Tony. What do you think the message from Adam and Eve was? Well, I would just speculate with much, uh, 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 with, with not direct scripture, but all other scripture around it. I would strongly speculate that Adam and Eve would tell all of their kids, hey, don't sin, it's not worth it. Hey, don't Stop. Just trust the Lord. It's way better to trust in God than it is to do whatever sin you're doing. Let's take a moment this evening and just refresh ourselves a little bit with Jonah, but specifically in the lower parts of the earth. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And and I'm here to tell you, I'd be doing the very same thing. Amen. Verse 2. And and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and, and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight. Yet... Will I look again toward that holy temple? We could sit there and preach on there a while. In his affliction, in his misery, when all is lost, he looked to the Lord. Boy, there's something to be said there. Verse 5. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the bottom of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O oh Lord, my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into that holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I, have, uh, that, that I have vowed salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Can I tell you this evening that there's a direct correlation between Jonah and Jesus? There's a direct correlation between the three days and three nights that that Jonah spent in the whale's belly, in the depths of the earth, the lower parts of the earth, and Jesus uh, in the lower parts of the earth after the crucifixion. I want to say this, and I want to be real clear, because it's fresh in my mind. I read it this afternoon. I couldn't believe what I read. The entire text that we read there was Jonah's in the belly of the whale, and he's in the bottom of the mountains, the depths of the earth, the lower parts of the earth. In chapter 2, verse 2, Jonah said, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. I read a commentary today that I just couldn't believe that that he said. He believed that Jonah actually spiritually went to hell during those three days. I feel like there's nothing to support that in all of Scripture. Jonah was in the belly of the whale talking about he is in a hell. He is in the the, the depths of the sea, the bottoms of the mountains. But there's a direct correlation between Jonah and... Jonah and Jesus. What's in the heart of the earth? Hell. Did Jesus go to hell? Yes. But he did not suffer or burn. In fact, Jesus didn't go into the pit, but he went into paradise. When Jesus was on the cross, he told the thief on the one side of him, One thief said, Thou art God. He acknowledged him as God. And Jesus said to him, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. He didn't say a place of torment. Is a place of torment ever called paradise? Because Jesus didn't go, said he went to a place called paradise. I've listened to four or five messages on hell this week. Um, I listened to uh, um, um, many messages and there is a group of people out there believe, that believe that Jesus went to a place uh, of burning and torment um, like, like the suffering of a Passover lamb is a place of torment called paradise because Jesus went to paradise yeah. I feel, feel like that's really 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 clear in scripture when Jesus died on the cross, he spent three days and three nights somewhere. Where was it? It was in the heart of the earth. I would even say it's in a place called hell. And you say, Pastor, what are you talking about? When we, when we read the word hell in scripture, it does not always mean a place of torment. In the Hebrew, in the Old Testament Hebrew, it's often translated as sheol which literally means the region of the departed. The word shield is found 65 times in 63 verses in the Old Testament. 31 times is translated as the grave, 31 times as hell, and 31 times as the pit. The Greek word Hades is found 11 times in 11 verses in the New Testament. It is translated ten times as hell and one time as grave. Uh, there's another Greek word that, uh, called Gienna. It's found 12 times in 12 verses in the New Testament. and Every single time it is translated as the Valley of Hinnom. What's the Valley of Hinnom? It, is, was, it was a perpetual place of burning. It was like a, a biblical Jewish uh, garbage dump in Jerusalem. It was always burning. It was a, it was a place of misery. It was, it was like a Jewish term for just a place of torment the valley of Hinnom Gienna, miserable torment so when we come to a place that says hell in scripture it's worth taking the time to understand which part of hell that is being referred to it's just a place that you go when you die a place of torment turn to Psalms chapter 16 verse 8 let's look at this topic a little bit more Psalms chapter 16 verse 8 David referred to being in a place called hell. Psalms chapter 16, verse 8. Yeah, I love that. You guys are already there because Miss Aaron's got it up there. That is, that is so cool. No pages turned. Everybody just looked down. That is so wonderful. Psalms chapter 16, verse 8. He said, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. This would also explain how David, who was a saved child of God, could write this. Look at Psalms 139, verse 8. He wrote, If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. By comparing Scripture to Scripture... We can con- conclude that the region of the departed, most commonly referred to as hell, has three major compartments. If you've never heard this before, hang on to your hats. It's worth learning. Turn to Luke 16, 22. We'll be there in a, in a moment. Number one, three compartments in hell. One, there's a place of torment, the region of the damned, specifically Gienna, hell. That's number one. Number two, a place called Abraham's bosom. Or paradise. The region of the saved. Luke chapter 16 verse 22. And, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into where? Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and in hell. Lift up his eyes being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. You say, what's that term Abraham's bosom? That was a Jewish term for uh, rest and relaxation. It was actually... Um, um, Often a piece of furniture where how you would lay, they, they said that it was like a cornered couch. And when one person's laying on his back, the other person, his, his head is almost in, at their stomach. Like Abraham's, they would call the Abraham's bosom, just a complete p- place of rest and relaxation. Jesus called, called it Abraham's bosom. So you have a place of torment, hell. You have a Abraham's bos- bosom uh, or paradise, the region of the saved. Then you have a great gulf that Jesus tells about uh, in Luke concerning Lazarus and the rich man. Look at this, Luke sixteen twenty six. He says, And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. So before the cross, were, or especially the resurrection of Jesus, everyone who died went to a place called hell in the center of the earth. That place called hell is a general term for a place where you, would went, where you would go. On one side you have Abraham's bosom. I don't know if it's a side or up or down whatever, but in one place you have Abraham's bosom, which is called paradise. Uh, and Somewhere on the other side you have a place called Gienna hell that is a place of torment. And there's a great gulf fixed in between the two. And I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, he went to hell, but the paradise portion of hell preached to all the souls that were there for three days. Why would you say that, Pastor Gunther? Look at First Peter 3.18. Again, no pages turning. That is so cool. First Peter 3.18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Amen. He's talking about his crucifixion. By which also he went up and preached unto the saints in prison. I believe that Jesus died on the cross at the resurrection, spent three days in the paradise, Abraham's bosom in hell, preaching to those saints, amen. 4,000 years of saints, of people trusting in God. I'm betting you it was a revival meeting of revivals meetings. Uh, like the two men on the road to uh, Emmaus, I mean, they were probably thinking, this is some great teacher, how wonderful it must be. Can you imagine Jesus preaching for three days? Right. Wow. when Jesus resurrected into heaven, he took those that were in paradise with him up into the third heaven. You say, Pastor Gunther, do you have scripture for that? I absolutely do. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. A couple more scriptures and we'll close. It won't be a long one tonight. Miss Jessica has burnt peanuts to eat in the office. Amen. If I'm lucky, I'll find some on the floor on Monday when I go in to study and I'll, I just might eat them still. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now, that he ascended, what is it? Uh, but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended afar uh, above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Jesus descended into the lower parts of the earth. That is clear. In fact, it's clear that before Jesus ascended back to heaven, that he went to the lower parts of the earth first. When Jesus rose from the dead after his physical death on the cross, he let all the saints that had passed away since the beginning of time up into the third heaven. He brought paradise or Abraham's bosom up into the third heaven. And God gave Paul a vision of paradise in the third heaven. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 12:1, 1, our last scripture for the night. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 1 says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. He's talking about himself. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such as one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth That he was caught up into paradise. That's something that's exactly where God said he was going and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Jesus told the thief on the cross that he was going to paradise. Scripture also tells us that Jesus spent three days and three nights in the lower parts of the earth. Scripture also says that he led captivity captive. Scripture also says that he went and preached to them while in prison. So, how could Paul get a vision of paradise when he's in the third heaven? That's where God is. If paradise was in the center of the earth, why? Because Jesus had done resurrected years ago at this point. Paradise is up in the third heaven. That's what Paul has seen. When I first read that, I couldn't wrap my brain around that because I, I, I wasn't putting the time frames together. You say, well, what does all that have to do with Jonah? What does all that have to do with Jonah? It, an almighty God that knoweth everything. He could tell those scribes and Pharisees so much, and he could dump knowledge on them, and, and they would be mind-blown. But he knows that that wouldn't lead them to salvation because they're just looking for the ears tickled. They're looking for something to debate and something to argue about, something to get bitter about. So so why would he point them to Jonah. Because if they take the time to look at Jonah and they look into it just a little bit, they'll see the typology of Jesus to Jonah. Putting the three days and three nights together, all of a sudden you start looking into it just a little bit. Jonah points to Jesus. The message of Jonah is, hey, repent. The message of Jonah is, hey, salvation, salvation. Trust in the Lord. Jesus knew what he was doing. When that man at GM led... Uh, brother larry bell to the lord he knew what he was doing brother larry bell just wanted to argue and argue and he would go online to get these argued questions i'm going to debate him Mm. i'm going to stick it to him Mm. and what did that guy do oh we'll get to that but first you got to understand salvation because if you don't understand salvation you won't get none of that they kept pointing to salvation just like jesus was doing kept pointing to jonah what's our job don't debate with everybody These Facebook, social media uh, uh, ministries of debating with everybody under the sun, throw it in the trash. Just point people to Christ, give them salvation verses, and if they don't listen, just walk away. It's not worth the debate. Let's point souls to Jonah. Let's point souls to Jesus. Let's, let's, uh, um, Let's pray and then we'll have an invitation. Dear Lord, I pray that you bless this message and help us to learn, help us to study, help us to grow. Lord, I don't want to be the same Christian I was last week or last month or last year. Help me to grow so that I can tell others about you. Lord, that, that I can tell others about Jonah, Lord. That we, can, we can learn our Bible. We can have sweet fellowship one with another, Lord. Thank you for your word. I love you, Lord, and I pray that you move in this invitation time. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we turn to page 113, sweet hour?